Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 155 with my friend Cody Sanker, Dr. Cody Sanker. Cody is a chiropractor and he he kind of flagged my interest with his uptick in social media use and kind of asking about people's health and, and stuff like that. And we'll get into what that's all about and find out why why he's uh, prodding around. And I'll let you get to it without further ado. Happy New Year, by the way. First episode of 2024. I've been doing episodes since 2019. This is crazy. <laughs> uh, Happy New Year. Without further ado, here's my friend, Cody. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my Hi. Hey. <laughs> I haven't haven't uh, haven't talked to you in quite a long time. Yeah, probably like ten years since like the ten year reunion. Yeah. Did you you didn't go to the twenty one right? We weren't able to because um, we moved down here in Indianapolis in July of twenty twenty because my wife got a phenomenal scholarship to go to law school. Nice. And so yeah, so we've been been going through the law school process and so like i remember it was kind of like mid-november and that's like she is a much better studier than i ever was and so she actually likes to prepare and do everything beforehand and so it was just like had a ton of stuff coming up so we just couldn't get back for yeah. it it was unfortunate i don't i don't blame you i uh yeah i don't know how i pulled off organizing it because i was i started my master's program that fall Okay. And was finishing my, my undergrad. Cause I got, I got like three associates degrees cause I just didn't feel like spending money at a university and there was nothing I wanted to sure. do. And then that all changed and here we are. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, associates and masters. Yeah. I have three associates, a bachelor's and I'll have a master's. In, I don't know this time next year. Um, good for you. Thanks. And what? <laughs> What's that? What's it? And what? what um, clinical mental health counseling. So I'll okay. be a therapist essentially. Um, and yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to that. Just, uh, it's going to be weird to not be in school. Cause the whole reason I have the three associates, associates degrees say that a lot, yeah. um, is like loan deferment. I was like, if I just keep going, sure. I never have to pay those student loans. <laughs> and so now I'm just, now I guess I'll have to, damn it. No, there's always PhD route. Yeah. Ex oh, believe me, I've entertained that idea. Um, <laughs> my wife says she wants to be married to a doctor. So we'll see if there that actually, I was like, that's fine. As long as you don't mind another like 30 grand, let's, let's tack it on. Let's do it. Yeah. Go PhD route and then work for a university. So maybe like if it's a nonprofit, then you can get that public service loan forgiveness stuff. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, being in higher ed like I want to go work for them just so I can fix the things I see. But sure. in reality, I mean, I know it's all bigger than I am able to actually <laughs> tackle. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating reality, Sure. but I digress. But yeah, other than that, I mean, thanks for doing this. Absolutely. I, I, I'm glad you decided to, I have a bunch of questions about what you're doing right now and everything. Uh, but I always like to start out with how I know people and yeah. I know, I know you from high school, but I think we go further back than that. If I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I was Bailey Lake elementary. Okay. So it wasn't elementary. I have a picture in my mind. This Clark probably sounds Stanford. creepy, but yeah, Clarkson middle school. I might be like sixth grade or something then I have a picture like yeah. in my mind of your school picture, but like as a kid. Okay. <laughs> so it must've been like, uh, yeah, like junior high, and sixth grade or something. Were you, were you in band? Cause oh, I, I started I, out I, in band with trombone. Um, okay. I did not make and it so, past sixth grade. <laughs> You know, I, my, we had the choice. I remember that it was like either study hall, gym or band. And my mom forced me to do band. So I played the saxophone sixth, seventh and eighth grade year Oh yeah, and can't read a lick of music now, which is really unfortunate. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. The stuff that we can just let go of mentally. Like it's people that take languages all through high school and then they don't take it ever again. And they'd like, they can say hola and that's about it. <laughs> so yeah. What, what happened? <laughs> there too as well you know four years of spanish in high school and it's like yeah i know dos cervezas por favor <laughs> yeah it's, and that's that's about it um yeah <laughs> that's crazy well i want to jump jump back in time then before i knew yeah. you um 
you're born the i'm assuming born and raised in clarkston um so i was actually born um we we lived in waterford okay. and then we moved kindergarten like a month before starting kindergarten and so moved to clarkston okay and so pretty much my entire life in clarkston yeah gotcha and do you have siblings i don't know if i know that I, yeah, I have one older sister. She graduated in '98. Okay, and so Same as my brother. yep. It, okay, and so she uh, she was was a basketball player, volleyball player, and played soccer, and actually um, got a scholarship to play basketball up at Northwood. So right. she she played up there. And now she's was living in California for about ten years, and then um, in sales. And it was kind of funny. The last three years, she's just been kind of a nomad. Like she sold all of her stuff because. She played a lot, of, like the perks of LA. She lived in Redondo Beach, so like two blocks away from the ocean, and she was playing sand volleyball all the time. And they closed the beach, and she's like, "Well, I'm not gonna just be here to like sit in my house." So yeah. she sold all of her stuff and uh, just kind of jumped from friend or family member that lives all over the country, and just she's finally settling back down in Scottsdale now. Interesting. Of all places. Yeah. Yeah. So three years of being like a little bit of a gypsy. She's like, you know, now, you know, I'm kind of done with that now. So, so I'm curious about that because I have this, I have a narrative that I could tell myself about you. Right. Um, (laughs) which I'm sure you have plenty you could say about me as well. Just, (laughs) just from like interactions in school. And, um, then you tell me that about your sister and I'm wondering what role like achievement played in your family growing up. Oh, it was huge. And my sister and I talk about that a lot because um, my dad grew up in a really small farming community in western Minnesota. And he's the only one in his high school class of 26 people that went to college. And he was the first one in his family to go. And he played football and baseball in college and actually got drafted into the NFL um, to play for the Cleveland Browns. Didn't pan out, um, but my mom comes from a very athletic family um, in Minnesota as well, where my grandpa was the high school track coach for like 40 years was high school geometry teacher. And she was a hurdler. And so she ran track in college and they met in college and then fast forward achievement. Like my sister and I, that's like what we did growing up. We played sports and it's what we wanted to do, but it was definitely like a big thing. And then my sister plays college sports and I played two sports in college. And it's just, you know, there's that competitive drive, not only like for sports, but just like there is like, tell me I can't do something. I'm going to prove you wrong type of thing is kind of what I've always kind of had like built into me because it's like, you know, that's the competitor. And if you say you can't do it, well, it's like, no, screw you. I'm going to show you again. It's funny that the band decision now is even crazier knowing your the sports yeah. background and your parents and then your sister why why did yeah. they put you in band like, i would have assumed you know? they would have been like cody you're doing whatever football hockey doesn't matter which i still played sports but you know i think my mom her intentions were great of just wanting us to be like a little bit more well-rounded but looking back at it like my sister didn't have to and so i don't know how she got out of that and maybe it was just like i was a little bit more complacent just went went with the flow and was like oh i guess i can't do study hall or gym so whatever (laughs) and so yeah um did that but then um going into high school there just wasn't time for it and so um and it wasn't something that i really loved to do so it wasn't really a priority for me so that's fair um (laughs) yeah what about like pre-junior high like was what's what's the feeling in the household is that competition and that like high achievement is that something like just an aura in the house while you're growing up well yeah and you know my dad's well both sides of my family they love playing card games and so we played a lot of euchre a lot of um gin rummy uh cribbage like growing up and i grew up in a family that you don't let people win like <laughs> it meant something if i beat my dad in anything or yeah. beat my mom in anything and so it was just like one of those things so that that was a really big thing growing up but um the real competition was between my sister and me because she was um you know three years ahead of me but also like ultra competitive and we really didn't like each other until she went to college and like we got some space in between us oh yeah and then we liked each other and then when i went to college then we got really close and now we're super close but 
yeah, it was just one of those things. And, you know, I, it's kind of something that is funny now that I, I've never owned a video game system. And I still remember in third grade asking for a Sega Genesis for Christmas. And my dad said, go outside and play. <laughs> it was like, okay, I guess not getting that. So went outside, but, you know, we grew up, like, I don't know if you're familiar, like, if you take Holcomb towards Springfield Plains, oh, yeah. there's Reese Road, the dirt road, we're yeah. back in there. And so back on the dirt roads. Lots of woods. <laughs> lots of woods. And, you know, we didn't have a basketball hoop, but our neighbors did. So I spent more time over at our neighbor's house playing basketball than their kids did or even at our house. And so it was just like, yeah, I went outside and I played and my mom has a phenomenal like whistle. So it's kind of like that old timey. It's like you're outside. And when she whistled, it was time to come home for dinner. Yeah. And that that's what we did growing up. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I can relate to both things because we definitely had a Nintendo and then a Genesis. But then I also <laughs> spent such a huge chunk of my childhood, like building tree forts and just like riding yeah. my bike around the neighborhood and everything. Um, so I think both things can be true. But that's that's For funny sure. that <laughs> I, I do you think it was just viewed as like a time waster, like video games sitting inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think my dad inherently like was right, trying to be mean or anything, but he yeah. didn't want me to be like addicted to it and would rather have me like being outside and playing because that's oh, what yeah. you did growing up in a farm community. Like you, you're outside. <laughs> it's the same thing today. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a parent, but I, I think if I was, I'd be like, no, you're not having a phone. You're not playing. Like you're not going to be on TikTok right now. <laughs> like go do exactly. something. Um, so I definitely, yeah, I can, I can relate to that. For sure. I, I wish there was more of that today, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> there needs to be. <laughs> yeah. There needs to be more of that today, for sure. Um, when you get into high school, are, you did, didn't you do like school student council and stuff? Or I didn't do, um, or I no. did National Honor Society, okay. but I was not in student council. Okay. Yeah. And what, what and so, yeah. I was just going to ask, Go like, is when, you, when it comes to like grades and stuff, what did that look like growing up? Was that like, when you talk about the winning and losing and, and, and everything, I'm wondering if that was like a A's or nothing situation or. No, necessarily. Not necessarily. Like I, it was kind of funny though. Like I don't remember like my parents going to like parent teacher conferences or anything. I was like, I came home and they're like, yeah, I like, they weren't like drill sergeants and making me study and that kind of stuff. And that was the same, like my parents having, like they were strict in some ways, but really lenient in other ways. And it was based on trust. And as long as like you kept their trust, they were pretty lenient on it. And so as long as I kept getting good grades, like they weren't down my back. It's like, well, do you start studying for this or do you start this or do this? Like they're kind of hands off on what I needed to do because we just got it done. And, you know, um, I got good grades, but in all honesty, this is going to sound horrible, but school is actually like high school is pretty easy. And so it wasn't something that I truly had to like, put a lot of time, energy and effort in and which looking back, I, I wish it was a little bit harder because I carried those studying habits into undergrad and, so, you know, chiropractic yeah. school. So they weren't like the strongest habits that I could have had to, for like my stress and well-being. Yeah. <laughs> like, so but, I, I've heard this narrative before too. And <laughs> it's funny that if, if high school, it seems like if high school is easy, like the general classes and everything, then you, yeah, like you said, you don't really develop that those habits when you take them on to a higher ed where it's just like, Oh, this isn't, I can't just float by anymore and still get A's and everything. Um, yeah. And it was really funny. My, uh, one of my best friends in undergrad, he's a, a teacher and a football coach and we played football together, but he was an English major. And then he went back to his hometown outside of Ann Arbor and he actually taught like a, um, almost like a college prep class. And he always said, he, he's like, don't do this. And this one thing was like, get a bunch of pop the night before a final and just like study until like 2 a.m., sleep until 5 a.m., get up and study. And he's like, don't do what my buddy and my roommate did, which is essentially what I ended up doing. Those were my study habits, which I'm not proud of, but it's just like one of those things. Like it also like comes down to the competition that is like when it's crunch time, it's like, all right, now we bear down and we get the work done yeah. type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
not not the best, but it it got me through, and I still survived it. Yeah, and I, I want to. I definitely want to get to college, which I'm sure, based on what you're telling me, it was just like the expectation, right? You get out of high school, you go to college, and and onward and upward. Um, mm-hmm. But you just brought up something that I, I didn't even really think about. But you played you played football in high school too, right? So I played football, basketball, and ran track in high school. Busy kid, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I couldn't keep playing the saxophone even if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, other than track, because I, I guess I don't really view track as a team sport, though I could be wrong because I'm very unfamiliar with it. But yeah. can you talk, Can you like speak to the role of team sports um, as someone that wasn't involved in that? And, you know, like we all have our little like group shit and I, I did yeah. drama club and stuff here and there. But uh what was that like? Like looking back now, reflecting on on your experiences there, the pros, the cons of, of that environment and having like those people around you. Yeah. And, you know, even playing football and running track in college, um, I resonated. I loved the track as- aspect because if things went great, it was on me. Yeah. If I sucked, it was on me. Where in football, I could have had the best game I've ever had and we could have lost yeah. because you have 11 people going on 11 people. And if just one person doesn't do their job, everything can break down. And so it's just, I love the team aspect, but I kind of loved having a lot more of it on my shoulders um, on like the outcome. But I think that team sports is actually like kids playing that. It's so important because there's so many life elements because we have to learn how to work with people. Like you cannot like somebody, but if you're on the same team, like you still have to trust them that they're going to do their job. You're going to do your job. And as long as we do that, the outcome is going to be pretty dang good. And we were lucky in high school that we were pretty good in, in football. And so we had a lot of success, but it's like, it was like during training camp that you're going through just kind of like the suck together that kind of galvanizes a team. Like, and that goes back to like kind of the kids things like kids don't have to really feel like embrace the suck in life. Yeah. And so they get out in the real world and they actually like hit, get hit with it. And they're like, what do we do? And it's like, I like, you have to trust and, but then you also have to do everything you can to make sure that you're doing the best at your one position. And the person next to you is doing the best, like even outside of like practice and everything you hope comes together to form like one congruent, like unit that has success. Yeah. yeah I mean, and I don't know if that makes sense is like or the military, right? Like you, yeah, you go to boot yeah. camp together and then you solidifies the bonds when you get in your own, uh, uh, can't think of the freaking word right now, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things. And it's like, you know, you can have like your buddy that maybe had the worst game ever, but you still won. And so like you try to pick them up to raise them up, be like, Hey, we still have this huge thing. And it's like so much more of what we're seeing, like in a work environment is like kind of having to depend on a team to do something. And, you know, you may do your best and you may not get the outcome you want, you have a team and like a support system to be able to fall back on, to be able to help you so that like maybe the next time it does get better and you get a different outcome. Yeah. And it sounds, was it difficult because it seems a little counterintuitive and the way you described it is perfect where you're kind of up until the point you start doing the team sports, you're like, whether or not I succeed is on me, whether or not I succeed Mm -hmm. is on me. And then all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, 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 what the hell? (laughs) Like, yeah, I, I have to rely on these other people now to, you know, check that box that is that, or I guess, I mean, is it still, is that something that pops into your head when you have to do stuff in a team environment, whether that be work or when you look back on, on football and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, you know, it is one of those things like, if the team wins, everybody wins. And so that's great. And like, you can be down on yourself, but be really happy that you won. And um, I also, you know, it's maybe not my best quality. Like I, I'm not the best at delegating because I'm in a role where I have a team around me and it's like, well, if I know something's going to get done, I might as well just do it instead of telling somebody and like, Dude, same. <laughs> thinking that, thinking that they're going to do it. And so, you know, that is kind of where you wish that everybody played a team sport to know like, okay, I have to do this. You have to do this. If we do this together, we get a good outcome. But it's like, 
but I don't know if you're going to do that. Yeah. And so I'd rather do that. And then I just like end up spinning a lot of plates. Well, there's a level of control too, right? Like people, yeah. my wife will always be like, Oh, do you want me to help? And in my head, I'm like, then I would have to like explain to you exactly how I want to, this thing done. And like, that seems like that would take more time. So I think I'll just like yeah. keep doing this by myself. Yeah. And yeah, no, I mean, not, uh, not my best trait, but it's, yeah. I get, I, and that even flowed over like Thanksgiving. Like we went back and, um, it's some like my, I get it from my mom that I love like cooking and like feeding people with like a really good meal. And I just like hate it when like you put a lot of work into something that sucks. And so, but it's like, I was doing the Turkey and like everything kind of like comes together and people are like, can we help you with something? I'm like, no, I, I'd rather like, if something didn't turn out right, it goes back to that like individual. I'd rather just be on me than be like, well, it's because they didn't do this thing. Right. Like yeah. type of thing. But I'd rather just have it on me. Oh, plus, yeah, if they help out and God forbid they do some screw something up, like you're probably going to build that resentment and be like, oh, <laughs> Deborah shouldn't ever touch the baster. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking Deborah. Uh, <laughs> Deborah. <laughs> what, what do you end up going to college for? So, um, undergrad, I, I was planning actually all through high school, all through college, I thought I was going to be a dentist. And, okay. um, so why, I, can I ask why dentist? <laughs> so curious. About great, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had only had like good experiences going to the dentist, okay. going over. And then, um, I don't know if you remember, um, Adam was it Adam or Ryan whichever one was a year older than us, um, elbowed me in the face in basketball and knocked my tooth out. Oh, no. And then it ended up like coming out like three or four times. So I had to go to the dentist and I was like, you know, I kind of had a chance to step back and be like, Hey, they're helping people. They're working with their hands. They're, they're in the healthcare, their, their own business, that kind of stuff. And so I'm like, yeah, let's do that. And, um, so I was going to be a, a biology major, chem minor and at Hillsdale, you have to, if you do a science major, you have to do a thesis and track would go about a month into the summer and football would start a month before school began. So I really only had like a month, maybe like five or six weeks. And I wanted that time for me. So I actually got a finance major and double minored in biology and chemistry. Sure. And then went on to chiropractic <laughs> school, yeah. which is a whole, a whole leap. I actually got into Louisville dental school and I had the, like the epiphany that I was like, do I want to have my hands in people's mouths for the next 40 years? And that's, I was like, yeah that's nope, the thing where i'm like is there i, I always wonder like with dentists and I, I was at the dentist yesterday uh but it's like yeah why why do you choose a career where i mean you must like something about that like i guess i get it if someone was like oh people smiles like their mouths i notice their teeth first like that's the first thing that and it's it's a big thing for me as in a like thing of attraction or something like that then sure i get it sure um and but anything outside of that i'm like why do you want to and mouths are fucking gross right like most of your dental yeah. work you're dealing with the people that don't take care of their fucking teeth so then you gotta sure. ugh. and you know talking to a lot of like dentists around the like clarkson area they went to university of michigan and they're like you think about like ann arbor like ann arbor is a pretty affluent area and so it's like you don't see as much and then um joey reggiani's dad dr reggiani is like an amazing biological holistic dentist and like a pioneer in that field. He went to U of D and he's like, Cody, you go to U of D, you'll see some stuff. Oh, I'm sure. And so, and it's like, Oh God. And it's like, you hear stories of like somebody came in and like their teeth were like so infected that he was just like pulling teeth out with his Ugh. fingers. Didn't even Ugh. have to. And, and like, yeah. Just I like don't meth need to teeth. Do that. Just yeah, a bunch exactly. of meth teeth. <laughs> just a bunch, a bunch of meth mouth. And oh um, I was like, yeah, so if I'm not going to do that, what am I going to do? And I was like, I've been going to a chiropractor since I was three years old, you know, get to work with my hands, get to help people kind of be like a business owner can do all this stuff. I'm like, I didn't ever think about doing that. And like immediately it was just like that light bulb went up. It's like, yeah, that's what I need to do. And went to chiropractic school and I can't see myself doing anything else. How long is, I guess I, I, I never realized what that separation like there's I feel like there's a school for everything right <laughs> yeah so how how long is chiropractic school so it's another um we were on trimesters and so we had nine trimesters so wow. it was essentially like a four an additional four years wow. yeah so it's a it's a doctorate of chiropractic okay 
is is what it is. It's a DC. And so um, I think they're just changing it before you only had to have like you had all the prereqs of everything you had to do. You did not have to have an undergrad degree to go to chiropractic school. You just had to have, I think it was either 90 or 120 like credit hours to go. But now um, most states are requiring that you have an undergrad and that kind of stuff with it. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's an additional four years of school. So looking at that, Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what does Cody look like outside of uh, school? Cause that's, you know, the first 10 years almost of your adult life. I mean, what, what are you doing outside of those academics? Like, how are you handling social life, relationships, all that fun stuff, <laughs> drinking? Yeah, well, probably doing too much of that. Um, <laughs> you know, um, it was one of those things, like, in undergrad, like, I was going back to, like, my parents kind of having their strictness, but also being lax and other things that um, I remember my ninth grade year, my parents saying, if we found out that you've been drinking, which I would go off and do things that they, they didn't always know I was doing like, but somehow they would figure out like if I went toilet paper and they're like, so what'd you do last night? And like, somehow they know <laughs> that I did that. So when they said in ninth grade that if we find out that you've been drinking, you're not going to play sports again. And I knew that they'd, they'd stick to it. Yeah. So I didn't until actually spring break my freshman year of college. And so I actually, like didn't really learn how to properly drink. I, I learned how to drink in college, which is not the healthiest way. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> having like, and it would pretty much just be a, a bender on a Saturday night, like after a game or after a track meet type of stuff, because I had so much going on during the week that I just wouldn't be able to survive if I did that. Yeah. And, and then that kind of like transferred into chiropractic school that um, made some great friends and great connections. I went to school out in Minneapolis and one of my best friends, he played football at the University of Minnesota. So he knew the knew the town. And so um, it was kind of like our one thing on a on a Wednesday night. Unless we had a test the next day, there was a dueling piano bar called the Shout House in downtown Minneapolis, which was just incredible. And it was 80s nights on Wednesday nights. Nice. <laughs> and if you dressed up in 80s attire, um, it was free cover. And cover was only five bucks, but it was dollar vodka Red Bulls. Jesus. And so that's like five drinks. And so it's like, oh, we had some painful Wednesday nights oh, and sure. Thursday morning type of thing. But then, you know, you're taking, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 credit hours. It's like the rest of the weekend you're doing that. But I I actually like I wanted to to see how I wanted to practice. What's up, party people? It is January, which means for a lot of people, it is dry January. And if you are looking for a replacement for those alcoholic beverages, may I recommend Bravis Brewing. Brewing, Justin? I said no more alcohol. Yeah, they don't have alcohol. It is a non-alcoholic brewery. You can get your IPAs, your stouts, you can get your your sours, you can get all that crazy stuff and there's no alcohol. So check out Bravus Brewing at bravus.com, B-R-A-V-U-S, and use code FRIENDREQUEST at checkout, all one word, to save 10% on your order. Dry January's here, quit your drinking, start your thinking, back to the episode. So normally, um, like, I would meet up with other doctors and like see their their clinics and see how they were um, how they would help patients in different types of clinics and all that. So I can kind of like pick and choose what I wanted or what I didn't want. And so made a ton of great, um, relationships with, with chiropractors, kind of younger chiropractors just getting out. And so would help them like with the marketing on the weekends and that kind of stuff to just get my foot in the door to, so that I could pick their brain and that kind of stuff. And so I went to Minnesota because that's where our family was and, um, wanted to be closer with our extended family. So that was kind of like my time when I was out there for four years was spending more time with our extended family and then like buckling down for school. So really yeah. like the, the relationship, it was like more connecting with like my colleagues and my family at that time was really like my main emphasis of like my social calendar okay. with that. Um, and being able to piecemeal that in between classes and labs yeah. and all that good stuff. Do you credit your parents to that, like, um, 
seems like gung ho professional networking, like uh, that that mindset of, you know, I'm I mean I'm in a program where if you want you can go out and get a lot done before you ever get to any point when you need it, like an internship or, or mm-hmm. get your license or anything. And most people don't take take that on, right? Like it's going out there, meeting people in the community, figuring out what the job looks like before you get to it. Yeah. All the stuff you're describing. Um, do you credit that to your parents, like that uh, ability to go out there, desire the, to to get that done um, instead of, you know, just doing shots or smoking a joint or something? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, well, my dad's always been in sales and, you know, he just like was a big golfer. And so always had a big network of connection of like golf buddies and that kind of stuff. And my mom, her, and um, I don't know if you remember Lauren White, who was a couple years behind us. Um, her mom, they, they had, a, they are still doing it. Like I swear it's like 30 years later where they plant flowers, pull weeds and that kind of stuff. And so, but my mom is the social butterfly and I definitely take more after my mom. My sister takes more after my dad of just like, the gift of gab and just chatting and being more of like a social being and wanting to be around people. I got that. Like we would, my sister and I couldn't wait to get our driver's license because we would go to first service of church on Sunday and my mom, we'd go to fellowship hall after the service and she would still be talking to people in fellowship hall as the second service would start. And we're just like, can we please just go home now? And, but you know, looking back at it, I, I definitely take more after my mom and having that relationship side of things where my dad has that, but um, is a little bit more introverted by his nature okay. where my mom's more of the ex- extrovert and just kind of taking like kind of a, a mix of both of them of the professionalism, but then also like just wanting to build a social network type of thing too. Yeah. Um, you're married now, right? Yes. Am I wrong? Yes. Yes. Yep. When do you meet your wife? So it was, uh, the, the running joke is that, uh, we met at church camp, uh, because Go on. <laughs> when I, <laughs> um, we met, I moved back to Clarkston, um, after a little bit of time of traveling around and interning in offices and then coming home and like starting my practice. And, um, I wasn't involved with our youth group at church, but I did love the sense of community that Clarkston United Methodist had that that was my church growing up and would go like in college and chiropractic school and just never had that feel of like, this is like a home base type of thing. Yeah. And so when I went back, I went to the youth leader at the time and be like, how can I help out? And they're going through a little bit of a transition where it was like every year they had a new youth pastor and they were all like younger people starting families and then the families take over and they just can't put that side. So, um, their transition so that the associate pastor is a youth pastor. And then they had counselors and counselors were just more adult figures. That could be, if something happens, like these people are in the community. Yeah. So, you know, they're not really leaving, moving on that kind of stuff. And so I helped out with the youth group for three or four years. And every February we'd go up to spring Hill, take the youth group up there. And um, I knew Emily's mom and two younger siblings because they were in the youth group okay. and uh, we went up to Spring Hill and she asked if, because she had just graduated and was moving and moved back and wanted to like spend the weekend with her siblings and so asked to be a counselor. So we met as counselors at Spring Hill and the rest is history. That's funny. What uh, what role did religion play in your household growing up? Um, well, it's funny. My dad um, is a very devout Catholic and his uh, grandma actually thought he was going to be a priest growing up. And so she did not like my mom for that sole purpose because she thought she was taking my, my dad from the priesthood. Yeah. Um, and then my mom's grandpa was a Methodist minister. And so um, my dad being Catholic, my mom being Methodist, like they actually got married in the Methodist church and my dad being devout. And that's like Catholic Protestants getting together. He actually got the blessings from his priest at home to be able to get married in a Methodist church. Like I've my dad to this day, I've only seen him like miss church maybe like two or three times. And two of those, he was at home after hip replacement surgery and still had a deacon come over to give him communion. Wow. 
And so there always was like an underlying like spirituality. It wasn't like we were given at a certain point, like we were given the option if we wanted to go, but it was just like, Hey, I'm going to church. If you want to come with me, this is where I'm going. And it was just something that we just assumed that, that that's what you did. Yeah. And so, um, but it wasn't like a hugely like strictly religious family. Like my parents drank and like did all this stuff. And so it wasn't like crazy, but it was still like, you know, that was just like a bonding point. That was like Sunday morning. That's what we do. We go to church and my dad would normally wake up early, go to mass and then would meet up with us at church. Um, then afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, did mm-hmm. you, did you attend church when you were away at college too, or was that something that you just got back into when you came back? And that was a big reason why, um, when I came back home that I wanted to be kind of involved in the church because I would, but it like, it didn't really like resonate with me the way, um, Clarkson United Methodist church did. And so, but it was kind of funny that, um, I felt like my faith got stronger in chiropractic school, which is kind of funny, Explain but that. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Um, because the whole premise of chiropractic is that, you know, we heal from the inside out. Like if you like, you're not having a migraine because you're deficient in Tylenol. Yeah. Like there's something that's <laughs> keeping your body from being able to heal. Yeah. And like, there's a power inside of us that brought two cells together to form us into Cody and Justin into the trillions of cells that we are. And you think about it, it's like, Holy cow. Like there's gotta be something that tells our heart to be our lungs to breathe, our stomach to digest food for, to wiggle our big toe. And that power is in our brain and nervous system. And like, part of me like going to all these clinics and seeing things and talking to patients and hearing these testimonials and these things and like it was not uncommon to hear like these miraculous things that people were saying like they've been to every single doctor couldn't get any answers and then came here and like here it is and we as chiropractors like i always tell people like i don't heal anybody like what I do, I help put the body in the proper environment to be able to heal. It's your body that does the healing. Like yeah. us, if you get a cut on your arm, the stitches don't heal it. So that surgeon didn't heal it, but it just allowed your body to be in that position for it to be able to heal that much better. And like I've been blessed to not only help a lot of people get out of neck pain, back pain, headaches, but helping people with things that you typically wouldn't think chiropractic would help with. I've helped kids with colic Um ADHD, asthma, like people with blood pressure, digestive issues, like reproductive issues. And I don't have like a heartburn adjustment, but I've been able to help nine people this year that came in with neck pain that I'm like, these nerves go to your stomach. So a lot of times when we see that there's interference with those nerves, the stomach doesn't work properly. And we can see things like heartburn, indigestion, acid reflux. And they're like, I'm on a meprazole and we've helped nine people this year get off of prescription of meprazole and just don't need it. And I don't have a heartburn adjustment, but we find out where the interference is. We remove it and just get the hell out of the way and let the body do what it's been doing for thousands or millions of years, which is heal. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense when you put it that way. I like that because it's, I mean, your, your nerves are just these like highways to everywhere else in your body. Right. And so the slightest little construction site can really fuck up traffic, I imagine. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And we look at it, it's like, you know, you think about like your, your brain and your nervous system is kind of like the circuit breaker. If a light keeps going out in your room, you're not going to just keep replacing the light bulb and having it go out and have, just doing that cycle forever. Like eventually you're going to think, well, maybe there's something wrong at the box. And like you see, so. and we flip the switch. So we just get the power going back to that light. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great little analogy. Um, so I, I want to transition a little because I yeah. don't want to keep you super, super long, but I'm wondering going to like current. Sure. Over. I mean, I guess I'll say over the last like four or five years, maybe, and correct my timeline Mm -hmm. if I'm wrong, but I've seen your kind of like social media presence, right. Uh, go up and down. And I think like it's, (laughs) it's currently on an up and, um, I'm, I want to phrase this in a way where it doesn't, I I promise it's not a dickhead question, but like what, uh, what do you, what do you got going on? <laughs> yeah. Like what's, what's driving the, uh, the questions and the, and the traffic and what's done that before if, based on what you've told me so far, I yeah. imagine there's a lot of that networking and stuff that goes into it. Yeah. And you know, we see marketing changing all the time and where, you know, I, 
when I was practicing in Clarkson, I was with Dr. John Cowan and he was telling me like 40 years ago, he was the first person to put an ad in the yellow pages and like in the Oakland press, him and Dr. Rumpf in Waterford would split the Sunday paper where they'd have the back and they'd show up on Monday morning. And there was like 28 missed phone calls for new patients coming in for care because they saw the ad in the paper. And like, then you see people doing radio and it's like social media is, it's a media to be able to connect to people. But I'm what I'm kind of, I wouldn't say I'm transitioning, but seeing that people are overweight, it's really tough for them to be able to heal from different issues. And so do I love like talking to people about losing weight? Not necessarily, but we, there isn't one like medical issue that is made better because somebody is overweight or obese. And so been able to help people that we see that they can hold their adjustments longer if they're at a healthier weight. Like my goal is not to see people like two, three times a week for the rest of their life. That means I'm not doing my job. And so, but I can adjust you till I blew in the face. If you're going to keep doing things that are going to make your body inflamed, we can still have issues going on. And so um, I've decided to make more of a conscious effort and have come up with a program that has been able to help a lot of people um, to help lose weight and something that we can do to maybe go more of a, a virtual position. Cause to my knowledge, I still don't know how to adjust somebody virtually, but if we can have more of a, an online presence to be able to help people with that aspect of their health, then maybe we can help them going back to the chiropractic, put their body in an environment or a better environment to be able to heal. Okay. And so um, have created a course that's pretty in depth that I'm really proud of to help people, you know, lose weight, but also like weight loss is just a symptom of a body getting healthier, just like weight gain is a symptom of a sick body. And so being able to get people healthier, teaching them kind of tricks of how to navigate a grocery store tricks on like people are busy. And, you know, I know I'm just as guilty as everybody else. Like if I'm done seeing patients at seven o'clock at night and I have to go home and cook for 45 minutes, it's so much easier to go to fast food. And so like tricks of how to like meal prep, like I do meal prepping on Sunday so that we have some stuff taking over so that it makes the decisions to be able to be healthy that much easier than doing something that's going to make you sicker yeah. or more overweight. And so, yeah, like breaking it down with people and like really backed by research, like I'm not going to do something that one, I haven't done or two is just like a pie in the sky, but like really backed by research to help people lose weight, to be able to be in a healthier position. Um, is there anyone in your own, like, in your own life you've seen personally struggle with that, like in your family or anything with like weight loss or anything like that? Yeah. Um, my dad is like, if you looked at him now, you would not think that he was a college quarterback <laughs> and somebody like you, you would have thought, Oh, he was a lineman because he is a very large human. And, you know, I've seen him go ups and downs and ups and downs. Um, and even like my like life like right after chiropractic school, even knowing everything, like the stress of building practice, like getting out and doing like stress when you're super stressed, you don't tend to make like the best health decisions. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. if, if you have the most stressful day, you don't go home and crave like a nice healthy salad. You like, you crave the junk. And so left, like, I'm just like everybody else. Like I'm, I was like gaining weight and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And like looking back on like, playing sports, like I would fluctuate big time, not from like being overweight, but I would play football at about like 225, 230. And then when I was running track, I'd cut down to about 200 like pounds because I didn't need to weigh 230 pounds going over hurdles. It just yeah. wasn't going to benefit me. <laughs> and so kind of seeing what I was doing in those times to be able to make that like as easy as possible because, you know, you start adding some drinking on there and being a poor college kid, you're, you're not going to make the best decisions. Or if your only meals you're eating are at the cafeteria, cafeteria is not making the best health decisions for you too. So kind of seeing how I was able to, you know, not only manage it, but actually like pretty easily and effortlessly get down to like a healthier weight for myself. Um, and then trying it out with different patients and just getting really good results with them. Nice. 
So do you you have this program running right now that you developed? Yeah, it's um we I just like put it together and so now I'm just kind of I don't, I don't want to be that person and I, that is just like trying to connect with people just to like sell you something. It's truly like <laughs> re-engaging with people. Yeah. So then like so that I can see what's going on with them and seeing if they want help, I'm here to help. Yeah. And here's something that we can do to be able to help them. And you know, like, I'm, I'll let you know, it's probably not for everybody. If you're just looking for like a crash diet or like something fat, or just, you want to lose a couple pounds before a, a class reunion or something like that. Yeah. We can help you with it. But this is really like meant so that you can make this a lifestyle change so that you don't have to keep being on the yo-yo or the roller coaster of like weight gain and weight loss, that this is something we can do to help you like, stay at a healthy weight and it's pretty pretty easy to do and it's really meant for busy professionals who who don't have the time to spend hours at the gym or like spend hours a day cooking meals and that kind of stuff to yeah. be able to help them make those healthy choices day in and day out okay um i'm wondering i'm going to jump back to chiropractor work for a minute yeah so how do you deal with or maybe you don't deal with but like the I guess the bullshit that comes along with being a chiropractor and, and maybe like some of the like the things people might say or like I'm sure you just get shit for it <laughs> like how does how does I've, that play I a mean, role <laughs> you you tell everybody that you are and everybody's like, oh my ne-. like you see them out and about it's like or somebody you meet somebody in like a social environment they're like oh I got this issue it's like yeah I know I've, I've heard that before like and I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say you know I've been to a chiropractor it didn't work or a chiropractor like knew somebody who knew somebody whose family member was hurt by a chiropractor. And, you know, I'm not here to tell you that that can't happen or doesn't happen. And my thing for somebody is like, for you example, like we were talking about, have you ever had a bad experience? Like you're having a bad experience right now with Gardner white. (laughs) Are you going to give up buying furniture for the rest of your life? Or are you probably just going to go through a different company? Yeah, I, I mean, like, I'll probably go to Gardner White, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, I, I definitely get what you're saying. So it's one of those things. Or if you've ever had a horrible experience at a restaurant, do you give up going out to dinner? No, you just don't go back to that place. You have to find another place that you like better. Somebody, I'm not here to say that I'm the right fit for everybody, but for the people I am the right fit for, we get like amazing results with them, and so it's pretty cool. But I always commend people that still like are searching for answers and maybe didn't have the most promising experience at a chiropractor and still come in and given another chiropractor a shot. And so I, I never take it personally. Yeah. Like I just, I mean, the question is partially too. So I, like I said, I, I'll be a therapist this time next year. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm very vocal about already kind of like entering into this field. And so I always kind of, I find myself in the position where, it's kind of, it's almost up to me to like defend the field as, as a whole to some people. And so yeah. I'm wondering, uh, yeah. I, you, I feel like you're in the, a similar field where there is a lot of skepticism and I wonder how often you do find yourself in the position where you're like, Oh no, I have to defend like chiropractic yeah. <laughs> like work as a whole. Yeah. And you know, I have a ton of testimonials to, to show for it, but you know, just like any profession, there are bad eggs in there and it sucks because, you know, it seems like we are one of the only professions that you have a bad experience of a, of a court with a chiropractor, you swear off the profession. Um, but it's just one of those things. Like if somebody calls me like, I'm, I've been called a quack. I can't tell you how many times. And it's like, okay, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. You feel that way. And like, it's like, there's plenty of people that, are looking for help that need help that I've been able to help that I just, I try to focus on that. Like if I, if I dwell on the people that have had bad experiences or trying to like, and like, I'm, I'm sorry that you're just a really unhappy person that you're still dwelling on that. And you have to like push that onto me. I'm, I apologize. Like, I'm, I'm sorry you had that experience, but I'm helping people. And there's a lot of people that are very happy that I am around and that we do have a profession that, so that they can be helped and the same will be for you like yeah just like i've been called a quack you're probably going to be called a shrink like uh-huh. all this stuff and it's like yeah people just a lot of it is just ignorance and you know 
as a profession, we've kind of pigeonholed ourselves, and we probably back in the eighties did did ourselves a big disservice to the to the public because insurance literally paid for everything, and so you start seeing some doctors that are like maybe doing some unethical things because they knew they were going to be reimbursed for it and, or just be like, yep, you got back pain. Insurance is going to pay for everything. And then they never educated on what it actually did. So we kind of pigeonholed ourselves and, you know, tight cast ourselves as just the neck pain, back pain doctor, instead of being like a brain and nervous system doctor that can really help your body thrive and heal and like, function at the best possible potential and like you start having really cool testimonials if you have a bad day think about those and you're not even going to think about the bad stuff that's going to come with it which is if you're if you're coming from the right place in your heart you're going to have 99% good and maybe that 1% that it was a bad day and it doesn't matter you just happen to be that person that caught that wrath yeah, it sounds like the underlying is believe in yourself and what you're doing, and I, I think you expressed that in, in how you're talking about it. Like, yeah, so perfect. Um, was like, I was, oh, I was gonna ask one last thing. I wanted to ask you, yeah, what do and, you do? Uh, yeah, what do you do for Cody? How to like outside of outside of work, outside of achievement? Like, what's a what's a self care for Cody uh, outside of work, outside of like achievement and everything? What what what's a self care thing for for Cody? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I like to practice what I preach. And like right before I hopped on here, I actually got, I get my weekly adjustments from another chiropractor. And so I went and got that. And like, we, we live in a really cool area of Indianapolis that has a rail to trail, um, thing called the Monon trail that is literally like 200 yards away. And so my wife and I and our, our one and a half year old puppy, we, we are on that as much as possible and just trying to get outside. And like, like you're saying, like going back as kids, like we have kids that just don't step foot outside anymore and like connecting with nature and just the healing benefits of just being outside. And it's, it's amazing. So, and you know, I, I like to, I like to cook and like eating healthy food is a great thing. And, you know, I go in waves of loving working out and hating working out and, Right now I'm in a loving working out phase. And so getting to the gym and that kind of stuff. And I, I always try to relate to patients. It's like, yeah, I don't always love working out. I don't always love eating healthy. And there are some times that I'll skip a workout or I won't eat healthy. The goal is not to make that a consistent thing that's going on. And, you know, just trying to be a role model for my patients and keeping in mind this, like, you know, do I, it's fun like going to the gym and seeing patients and they're like, Oh, they're working out with people. They're like, yeah, that's my chiropractor. Or like conversely, I don't want to be at like Burger King and having somebody be like, Oh, that's my chiropractor type of thing. So (laughs) that's kind of like both can exist. It's, it's removing that judgment. Yeah, no, I, uh, you just don't want to make those like the consistent habits of what you are doing. Yeah. This time of year is harder than most (laughs) for sure. And that's what we're saying. Like, even though we've, moved down to Indianapolis where we might get six inches of snow total this, this winter. It's still pretty stinking cold. Oh, yeah. and so my wife and I, we don't do anything in the winter. It's really, we get kind of, <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't want to go outside. It's cold. And so for me, it's that much more important to, to get my workouts in and that kind of stuff. Yeah. The, uh, the walkway that you were talking about. So I, I go to Indy for work. Um, well, We'll see. We'll see if I still go to any for work, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah. And I always stay at the residence inn right there on the canal so I can just yeah. go outside in that walkway that just goes along the canal and then throughout the city and everything. It's it's a great city for walking around. Um, it's awesome. They We were just down there. Um, had, I don't know if you remember Matt Evans, him and his son. Yeah. Um, they, they came down for the Big Ten Championship game because he went to University of Michigan and they were just commenting on how easy it is to just get around Indianapolis. It's a great city, um, hosts a ton of stuff and it's just very walkable, very easy to get to. And it's just, 
in the middle of the country, so it's really easy to get to from other states too. Yeah, just avoid going there during the combine. You won't won't get a hotel For real. anywhere. <laughs> For real. I've learned that you, lesson. You, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be in Indy then. You're going to be up in like Carmel or Fishers or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, dude, <laughs> I, I I appreciate you taking time. Is there anything that I didn't talk about you wanted to make sure you mentioned? Or, I mean, I I can send it to you if somebody that we said in this that it resonates with you or like you're on a health journey and you, you're kind of feeling stuck or stagnant or something. Um, I can, I can send you my information or like we can put a like post that we can have a conversation to see if it's something that I can help you with. Yeah. Yeah. Send me uh, your links and everything and I'll, I'll make sure all that gets posted up and for sure. Uh, yeah. I appreciate you taking the time and um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day, man. And, hope, and I'll, I'll definitely reach out. Um, I'm really crossing my fingers for an indie visit this year. And I love Indy. I've been trying to get my wife to go there on vacation. She's like, I don't want to go to Indiana for vacation. I was like, it's a cool downtown. <laughs> I try to sell it so bad. It uh, is. Maybe you... like a long week. Don't sell it as a vacation. Sell it as like a weekend getaway. Yeah. Like, I don't well, know yeah. if Indy's a, Indy's a vacation destination for anybody. Unless you no. want to go to the, the 500. It's pretty cool. There's always some kind of sporting event down here if you love sports. But also like the the arts are pretty awesome down here too well, yeah, we're, so like we're big fans arts. of uh walkable downtowns and museums and uh yeah indy's a great walkable downtown and, and everyone's got museums do you know are you friends with leslie bailey yeah we've connected a, a couple times here okay yeah i i've yeah. interviewed her when i was down there a few years ago for work um nice and she got the shit she's accomplished down there is insane doing amazing <laughs> stuff with yeah. maven it's crazy um, yeah. but all right. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm going to go, uh, call Gardner white and tell him to fuck off. So I will talk to you later on. Thank you <laughs> so much. Good luck with that. Thanks. <laughs> all right, man. I'll talk to you. Absolutely. Justin. Good talking with you, man. You too, buddy. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right. You just listened to my interview with Cody Sinker. I got to tell you, I am feeling pretty silly right now. I'm, I I got some new chairs. The whole podcast setup is different. This is the first thing I'm recording with the new setup. And, and it's so, it's so strange. I'm sitting in a recliner. I'm staring at another recliner that has nobody in it. Uh, whereas usually I guess I'm staring at my my computer. <laughs> um, but this is pretty exciting. So that's, that's fun. Uh, Cody, I, I was very intrigued by this and I didn't realize it until like, I don't know, a little ways through, you guys can hear me ask him cause he starts talking about football and I was like, Oh yeah, Cody, I think he's the first, this has no significance really, but like, I think he was the first like football player from high school I've had on this show. I don't know if that's true. Um, feel free to call me out other listeners. Uh, but I all of a sudden like had an image of him, like, you know, on game day when all the players like wore their jerseys and I was like, Oh yeah, Cody. Um, and I think I, I love the talk we had about kind of achievement and that or the role that that plays, you know, like it's so funny. He kind of went off, uh, talking about his sister for a little bit, but I think it's it's a funny direction that they each went in, right? Like she all of a sudden took on this like nomadic lifestyle and he's kind of building this business and uh, and then we started talking about religion and, you know, I really enjoyed this conversation. Kind of uh, took me by surprise. I didn't know what to expect and we touched on a lot of my, uh, my favorite topics and I, I would love to continue to dig in there but you know as a therapist not as a podcast host so can't really ethically do that which is like the entire problem with this podcast as i you know move forward um towards my career as a therapist right because i can't ethically prod in those directions um yeah it's hard it's difficult there's some choices, some choices to be made, but happy new year. I am so excited. It's 2024. I, I was reflecting back on 2023, like on the whole year and Erica and I did, well, I, I mean, I guess you can call them resolutions, but I more looked at it as like goal setting. 
um, things I would like to accomplish, like no punishments if I didn't, um, from last year. And I didn't think like I hit as many bases as I did. And I went through and I highlighted the ones that I was able to accomplish this year. And it's crazy how many I, I like, I, I am so grateful. Um, but I'm also so proud of the work that I've done and I am able to really reflect back and take credit where credit's due. And I, I really put in a lot of work, um, you know, a lot around school and, and stuff like that. And I'm proud of myself for that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this year. This is going to be a big year. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's a leap year. If you guys haven't realized that yet, go find something cool to do on February 29th. I'm sure we'll talk about that more as we get there. But 2024, here it is. It's here. Welcome. That's from that Fallout Boy song. Okay, I'm going to go. Bye-bye.